Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to Wavy. I am your host, Gemma, and I'm also the managing editor of The Soundtrack, which is the website that hosts this podcast. Anyway, today I'm here with James. How are you today? (laughs) I'm doing very well. I'm excited to be here. You are? Yeah, I'm happy that you're here as well. Can you give us a little intro on yourself? Uh, I am... Jesus, a little intro on myself. Uh, I am a 22-year-old currently living in Port Perry, Ontario, out in the boondocks. I am currently a college student at Fleming College, studying carpentry. And I have a strong passion for music as well as sports. Right, yes. Yes, so I met James through my boyfriend, Jared, who I've mentioned several times on this podcast, and who was actually on a couple weeks ago, and we went through his whole guitar pedal board, so take a listen to that if you haven't yet. Anyways, met him through him, and yeah, we all hang out together, and yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to have James on today. Anyway, so basically what we're going to talk, we're going to talk about a few different topics today, actually, which is a bit of a different format, because usually I stick to one, so hoping you guys like it. But James kind of pitched me with this idea about sort of talking about albums that influenced us in the like early teen child years, I guess. Um, Yeah, so what what kind of inspired you to bring up this topic? Um, I've often thought about what I've listened to over over my, you know, 22, short 22 uh, year life. And you know, I've often gone back and thought, well, what made me get into that? And I first, you know, my affinity for music probably started very early. I was probably, honestly, two, three, four years old when I was singing along to Californication by Chili Peppers with my dad in the car. And that was probably, that was probably the one album that I could not get in the car without demanding to hear. <laughs> As a very young child, like probably four years old, I'd be telling my dad to put on Californication. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, yeah. And then, so you, you just play guitar then, or do you play anything else? I play, I play guitar, and I also play. Uh, I am the performing bassist for a band called Written in the Sand. Oh, this is news to a me. Heavy metal band from Whitby uh, with uh, Max Ross. Oh. And uh, our uh, childhood friends, Nicholas Godwin and Adam Awas and Taylor Burton. Okay, yeah, I did know this. Did you guys change your name? Yeah, we used to okay. be called uh, To The Scene Back. And then okay. we made the shift over to being called Written In The Sand. Interesting. Why Written In The Sand? Uh, it, was, it actually wasn't something that I came up with. Uh, uh, it was something that I believe Max came up with the name. And uh, I think we all agreed that it was a good, good way to put it. So, gonna hop right into this. I don't even know how old I was at this point. Probably like grade one or two. But I was really into Ashley Simpson. Right on. <laughs> I think I like like I liked Britney Spears and all that stuff. But I think I liked her more because she was like edgy-ish I guess she can't really sing though in like all reality but does she not is there not a famous uh video of her getting caught lip-syncing yeah on some live tv show (laughs) yes there is and 
uh, someone kind of slapped me with that in the face at, at a young age. Well, not oh. I, no, I just, like, didn't know right. that was a thing. Right. Like, I, like, I was, like, telling someone, like, how much I loved Ashley Simpson. And they're like, she can't even sing. And I was like, what? And then I just, like, I made me really angry and even more angsty, I guess. But, Makes sense. Um, yeah, I was really into her. And in all honesty, I think she had some decent pop music from for back in the day in that era. I liked it. I honestly couldn't I couldn't name you an Ashley Simpson song. Maybe if if I heard one I might recognize the tune, but I honestly don't. I'm not really familiar with any of her music, to be honest. Yeah. It's been a while since I've listened to it. I remember one of her like bigger hits and probably one of the final bigger ones was I think it was called Boyfriend or something, but it was pretty much about how Lindsay Lohan cheated or slept with like her boyfriend or something. <laughs> or maybe or she Oh no no. I think it was about how she like she was basically saying like I one of the lyrics was I didn't steal your boyfriend so I think it was like maybe she slept with her boyfriend or something I don't know some messy stuff and that was kind of the peak but then I ended up really not liking Ashley Simpson because I became a really big Fall Out Boy fangirl and Ashley Simpson was married to Pete Wentz who is that right I didn't I didn't know that you didn't know I was a big follow up. Oh, I knew you were a big follow up oh, boy fan. I didn't right. know that Pete Wentz was married to Ashley Simpson, though. Yes. I had no idea. Yes, they have a child named Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> um, no offense to them. That's okay. Bron- are they from? Are they both from New York? The, the uh, no, Pete Wentz from Chicago. Oh. So I don't know. Oh, and his little his middle name is Mowgli, like from like the the Jungle Book, I think. Bronx Mowgli Wentz. Good thing your parents are famous. (laughs) Yeah, but um, yeah, a follow boy influenced a lot of my young years. Like, I had like all their CDs, and I would just like listen to them over and over and over again. And like, I know like all the words, and like it's. But like, I was like, I don't know. I was always more into that than like the Jonas Brothers or Justin Bieber, but. The point is I I hated Ashley Simpson later on because I was so in love with Pete Wentz. Right. Love right in quotations. Right but yeah, would like to hear something that influenced your younger years. Uh, similar to me, Fall Out Boy, I was really into Billy Talent as mm. I got a little bit older, probably getting into the grade school years. Um, and same, same with you for Fall Out Boy. I had... Uh, their first two albums are self-titled and their second self-titled and those were played religiously in Mm. my house and then when the third album came out their third self-titled I uh, I listened I listened the hell out of that I used to shoot hoops out at the park with a boombox with that cd playing that was one of my my regular like after school things that I would do (laughs) that's funny Uh, sorry is that mean no, Sorry. no, of course not. Of course not. It's just pretty, it's, it's pretty badass for a child, I'd say. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is more, this is probably like grade seven years. And then, uh, all of, you know, along with those years, uh, Lincoln Park and Meteora, that was a big, that was a big one for me when I was a kid. Um, uh, Why? Mo- mostly because I was a, uh, angsty, angry little child <laughs> who wanted to set the world on fire. Why? I guess. I don't know. You know, there's 
there's a certain little spark that I think some people have, not all people have it, whether they're male or female, it's probably more common in men, where you have this aggression for, like, and it's mindless, really. But, uh, you know, it's like getting the let out, honestly. I'd say a lot of my angst kind of came from, like, school and the people I went to school with. Sure. And, like, <laughs> they all love Justin Bieber and stuff, which is probably yeah. what made me, like, a part of what made me not want to like any of that because I really didn't like the people I went to school with and I didn't, I just wanted to be like, not them. They were like, I wouldn't say I was like, I I got bullied majorly, but I I definitely was like bullied a bit. I was, I was kind of like a goody. I wasn't a kiss ass, but I wasn't like, but I was kind of a goody two shoes, but not because I wanted to be like the teacher's pet per se or the favorite. I just like, I don't know, I just didn't want to break any rules. I, I was like... It's like not wanting to just... You just don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, I was like... Atten- you don't want the attention. Exactly. Almost. And, like, I didn't want to, like, have to bring my agenda home and then, like, it says something... Like, I got in trouble that day. <laughs> you know, my parents would kill me, but, like, I just never wanted to s- stay in for recess or get detention or any 100%. of that. But that's where a lot of my angst came from. So since I was, like, a goody kid and I went to a Catholic school... Towards the, probably like grade six, grade seven, people started calling me Jesus. And that really like messed with me a bit. Cause like, yeah. I was like, I don't know, it's just kind of mean, but like, I'm okay now. I, I'm over I, it. I, I had but... a similar experience actually. Wow. I think when I was in grade seven or eight, I started uh, altar serving. And pe- me too. And they, and they would call me Father James. <laughs> <laughs> Father James. <laughs> probably asked Jared about that. That's hilarious because it's literally the same experience for me because yeah. I was an altar server and then they would make me do it at like the school masses and then they were like, oh, like whatever. Ring but... the bells. Yeah. Did you get drunk when you drank the wine? Like, <laughs> yeah. Silly crap like that. Yeah. I definitely like, I wasn't a Linkin Park like super fan, but the Linkin Park definitely helped me through um, some of for that. Sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. I don't know if this is, like, grade 8 or, like, early high school, but, like, Blue Slide Park, Mac Miller. That was, like, when I was, like, just kind of um, dipping my toes in hip-hop, I guess. To this day, I still like that album. I'm more into, actually, no, I'm more into, like, his new stuff. It's definitely a lot more mature. Um, but, yeah, that I remember I just thought I was so cool listening to, like, um, oh, my God, what were, like, the single? What were, like, his big singles? I don't know, to be honest with you. Oh, like Frick Park Market and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought it was so cool knowing the words to that and listening to that in my bedroom, getting ready for school. But that really, like, influenced me in my early years. Uh, story time. When I was, uh, this is probably my seventh, sixth, seventh birthday. I was taken to... The local music shop is probably Walmart, something like that, HMV maybe, and that was still a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to pick out four albums, and one of them, so one of them was Billy Talent's first self-titled, the other was American Idiot by Green Day, the other was uh, Green Day's Greatest Hits album, they really called it like International Super Hits or something like mm-hmm. that, and then Eminem's The Marshall Mathers LP, <laughs> for, and I, I was pretty <clears throat> young throwing on and that that is when i started getting into typical angry white boy stuff really i thought it, i thought i was pretty edgy because <laughs> i i i was probably one of the fewer kids 
who was actually allowed to listen to Eminem, and I probably shouldn't have been, because I was quite the foul mouth as a when I was a child. Because you don't even know what you're saying, right? And you hear this dude who says it, and you like his music, and mm-hmm. good lordy. I remember Thanks like I remember we were like at like computer time or something. We were at the library doing like computer wasn't computer class but something or other we got to go on the computers and i remember some kids found the song kim (laughs) (laughs) and like everyone was like listening to it and being like holy man like what is this and then like eventually the teacher was like take that off but i was so terrified that song is crazy it's intense it's really intense it's really intense and it's funny because some of the lines in there are they're really just on point with some of the other songs on the album like uh if you've ever heard the song kill you or um amityville i haven't heard that one he's got some pretty like wow (laughs) wow lyrics in it that's all i can that's all i can really say yeah and um the same with uh bizarre who's featured in amityville he's got some pretty it's it, I don't I don't know how to describe I don't know what word to describe it breathtaking maybe when you hear it you kind of gasp almost when you hear it for the first time I'll definitely have to check that out or if you're stoned you laugh yeah okay I'll definitely check that out um, throwing it back to you mentioned American Idiot mm-hmm. so yeah as a younger child I was really into like buying CDs like anytime we went to the mall I'd like have to go to HMV and like buy something or give my parents to I guess but I would buy CDs like regularly and American Idiot was the first CD everyone was kind of talking about it oh my god how old were we we must have been in like grade one or two or something I think that album came out in 2003 or 2004 let's find out I want to say 2003 maybe four it's 2004 okay so I was born in 97 same here so that would have made me seven or six years old <laughs> yeah we would have been even, both of us because we we're both in october aren't we Late october. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh my god so we both would have been like six that's actually kind of crazy to think about but yeah i remember thinking like that was kind of the start of me getting into like punk pop or punk rock and or whatever um, I just thought it was really, really cool and edgy and different, and I don't think many of the girls were listening to it, but the guys were. Oh yeah, and, 100%, um, 100%. It is a good album. I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I don't really have respect for the song um, Jesus of Suburbia because it's a complete ripoff of Summer of 69. Completely. You think so? I know so. It's an entire it's my favorite song of all time. That's how Jared reacted too. Like he didn't realize it, and then we like matched it up. It is a seriously a complete ripoff. Think about Front it. Front to back, though, I mean, it's like a nine-minute song. Okay, right? no, but like the whole chorus and kind of leading up to it. I I would need to hear them like synced up or something, or like listen to one and then listen to the other right after. You'll know. I'll show you That's after like, this, and you're gonna you're gonna be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> it's funny because I listen to Summer of '69 every night I work at least twice because they have this uh, awful, awful grocery store playlist that they and, and they can't turn it off overnight. Like there's no customers in the store, and I'm stocking shelves, listening to 
machine head by Bush, <laughs> followed up by, like, Smile by Lily Allen or something <laughs> like that. No, both, you know, no offense to either of those band, uh, artists or songs. It's just, you know, interesting, uh, interesting playlist they always have. And then, you know, you hear your typical, like, Summer 69, Brian Adams, or, like, oh, what's another good grocery store track? Like, uh, what's that Diana Ross song that uh, was sampled by Macintosh Plus? You know what I'm talking about? I don't, but, like, I can try and find out. Uh, uh, it's your move? Probably. That's what they're saying. That's okay. what the Google is saying. That's what the Google so... machine says? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I believe it. That's pretty rough, Does, like, I'd have to hear know. it. But yeah, I remember when I worked at McDonald's, it was pretty bad. And, like, to this day, like, I, if I'm in public, like, sometimes I'll hear something. My head will just kind of snap. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. I heard that over and over and over for years. And what is One Direction's, like, what was their first, like, breakout tune? What was that? I think it was One Thing. One Thing. Or wasn't it something else? Wasn't it, like... You know you're beautiful. That oh, yeah, song. Yeah, that yeah. song. I was. Try- I had to sing it to remember it. As you know, I wasn't like into that because <laughs> I, I like didn't want to you're be like everyone else. Yeah, I was cooler and better and different. <laughs> no one knew it yet, though. So they play that in your store. I'm oh guessing. yeah, One Direction. Ta- oh, lots of Taylor Swift. Oh lots god, lots of Taylor Swift. I don't know how you feel about her. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not gonna lie. My sister's really into her. She's actually, Still? My, yeah, my, she's going to see her at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough in the I summertime. Know, I don't know. It's where, the, it's, where the, it's where the Patriots big. play. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's got a pretty big fan base. Like, I'd say the, the young children just, like, like everyone started liking her when, like, we were young, and then now it's I like know. they just keep flooding it's in, funny. and it's my, just insane. My sister is 28 years old. No offense. Sorry, Tash. Anyway, one album... That, like, when I was in, like, my real edgy phase, I would put on, like, probably almost, like, every day after school was Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by My Chemical Romance. That's got, like, all your classics, like... Helena. Hel- is that how you say it? I don't know. I say yeah. Helena. I say Helena, but... Helena. Um, I'm not idea. okay, I promise. Yep. 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> did, that el- did that play a part in your life? To a certain extent. I mean, I was... I had this little phase where I really liked My Chemical Romance, probably when I was in grade 11-ish. Okay. Probably towards the end of grade 11. You were late to the party. Yeah, I was very late to the party. (laughs) I all, like, I knew a lot of their big songs, like, uh, like, Helena, and, okay, I promise, and what's the... Is Ghost of You you on that album? Yeah, yeah. That's a great song. Oh, it's a great track. Oh my god. And the video is great, too. He's like an army dude or something. Yeah, it's right? like D Day. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I thought I thought I couldn't remember if that track was on that album or not. It is, or if it was on. Uh, what was the one after? Uh, was it Black Parade after that? After that one? I think, I think it was Black Parade. Yeah. Yeah, and oh yeah, Black Parade that had some that had some bangers on it too. Totally, Cancer. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, all of that. Oh, actually, I remember. I didn't even own Black Parade on CD. I owned... Someone gave me Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. And that's okay. how I got into them. 
um, is one of my old dance teachers actually. Right. And then I remember I burned Black Parade onto like a CD, and then oh, I printed. I I thought you were about to say you oh. burned the CD. <laughs> that would have been, I mean, that would have been something, but no, I burned it and then I, and I printed out like the cover and cut it out and like put okay. it, <laughs> put it on <laughs> and I still have it. My dad but... used to do that. He used to like print, he used to burn albums and then print the, he had this like program that would do that. Oh, and okay. so he would have like the wall by Pink Floyd and like, it would have this like shoddily stickered on cover of the wall or the, and he, would, he did with all kinds of albums that's pretty typical like dad behavior i'd say i'm not oh yeah not surprised that was in his linux phase my dad used to be a big linux head hmm. um but yeah they really influenced me i'd say they were the peak of my sort of emo phase and like uh eventually i just started browsing through youtube and got into like indie music and like hipster <laughs> hipster tumblr cool and all that but anyway yeah so speaking of my chemical romance they have just announced well not just announced this I'm, i guess a bit over a month ago now they've announced that they are reuniting and doing a huge tour and is sold out in under six hours um I don't, it's pretty crazy, like the entire tour to be sold out in six hours. With, with, this, with that said, I don't think if this was a reunion tour, the only reason that happened is because it's a reunion tour. Their final album that they put out was not great. There's some, there's some good songs on it, but it's not great. Um, my point is if they continue, is that if they continued, I don't think this would have happened you think they might have fallen off or something like they kind of absolutely went rogue something well, they, with that they knew they with their peaked. material they knew they peaked so that's why they stopped i think but like that's you know that's i would probably agree with you on that um it's pretty convenient that they you know they broke up and it was huge like people were very very upset they were breaking up and now conveniently they're back it's like if Pink Floyd took like another like 10 years or something like that and said, oh, we're coming back again. People will go. Yeah. People are going to buy tickets. It's a nostalgia thing. I remember being so upset when they broke up. I was like, I need to join the Black Parade. I haven't seen them live yet. Like, what am I going to do? But um, yeah, but essentially the original ticket prices sounded something like this. fifty nine fifty. Seventy-nine fifty, ninety-nine fifty, one twenty-nine fifty, and then your top tier GA ticket, mm. two hundred. Well, one ninety-nine fifty. So that's actually not that bad. <laughs> I think it's for a G lot for GA. I, I mean, think that's a lot, but like, what's the venue? I'm just being cheap. Uh, they're playing arenas, so in this case, Toronto, so Scotiabank Arena. Like, I think I that's mean, crazy. I get it. I get that they would. I know people would pay that, and if I. You know, in the right mindset for the right artist, I might pay that money. If it was only, like, if it was going to be $200 and I knew I was going to be seeing, like, maybe one or two artists that I really, really liked or something like that, I might pay that. Sure. I I, I could I totally get I might, that. I might pay that for, I might pay that for GA for Rage Against the Machine. You might? If it or was, if that's how much oh. the GA costs. Yeah, and I'm probably going to do that for Follow Boy when they come to the Rogers Center this summer. They're playing at the Rogers Center. Yeah, with Weezer that... and Green oh, Day. Oh, yeah, I forgot. 
How could I forget? <laughs> yeah. Um, I should go to that. To you should. Honest. I haven't seen Green Day live. I've never seen them live either. It'd be pretty sweet. I need to fulfill my childhood. Seriously. But essentially, um, if you want to buy like a resold ticket, a resale ticket on Ticketmaster for My Chemical Romance at the ACC, it, it with taxes and fees, it comes to five sixty five Canadian. <laughs> wow. And if you want to sit in the three hundreds. You are looking at, oh my god! Whoa! I just zoomed in to look at. I just looked at two, like just two specific seats, six hundred and twenty-four dollars each. That is, is insane. This on no, this is Ticketmaster because basically Ticketmaster has this thing called dynamic pricing. So this is a system that lets the ticketing giant increase prices based on demand. Basically what happened was like people were trying to buy tickets and they like kind of crashed the site in a way. Um, Like they would try to purchase the tickets and then this message would pop up saying, My Chemical Romance wants fans to have the best access to tickets to ensure that all orders adhere to the published ticket limits will perform a final review after the general sale. During this time, ticket transfers will be unavailable. Please note, delivery may be delayed up to se- until 72 hours from the show date. Check back soon to send tickets to friends and family. Um, but basically, like, people had tickets in their carts and they just, like, didn't get them. And, wow. And then the, they go back to, like, get more or get what they originally wanted. And, and the, the price the, the was prices are just up. insane. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty... Shitty. I, well, how does that happen? <laughs> like, I'm just wondering how that happens. I mean... Is My Chemical Romance that big of a band that they made this whole website crash? I mean, there's been big, big reunions before, or like big, what do you call it, returns. Yeah, reunions. Like it's happened before. Well, I can't, I can't think of one off the top of my head before, but everyone knows it's happened. Like it's happened. I think it's just the nostalgia, right? Like people, like you, you're seeing this right now in like film and television and music, like every. It, like, those are the big sellers right now. Nostalgic mm-hmm. things that we all loved and have touched our lives in one way or another. My Comical Romance has been teasing a reunion for years now. I remember at one point they, like, updated their... It was, like, probably two, three years ago. They updated their website and said, like, stay tuned. And then, like, nothing happened. So this has been, like, spoken about in the media for a while. But anyway, the point is this is crazy and a lot of fans were left empty-handed so including myself you weren't able to get anything um well at the time i wasn't gonna buy them because like money was a bit tight so like i was just like oh i'll just like get it from the scalper later but seeing the way things are now i just like don't know if that's gonna be possible because i i can't pay five six hundred dollars well yeah and and, yeah it's is it really worth it i mean the in the end, it's just some band, right? <laughs> I mean, even uh, though it's yeah. Michael, like, even though, like, if, like, every time the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I've never seen Red Hot Chili Peppers live, anytime they come to town, I'm like, oh, I should really go, like, I've never seen them, like, one of my favorite bands, like, ever, and I'm, you know. Yeah. Is it really, sometimes it's just not worth it. Did you try to get Rage Against the Machine tickets? I went and looked, and I was immediately given a error message. Oh, okay. Of there's like you're like you're in a queue of like 
25,000 people or something like that. So I wasn't really having it. Maybe, uh, I didn't look for the second show though. So maybe, I don't know. They're not cheaper. They're not, it's not any less. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. How much did it cost to go to Tool? Oh, so we got tickets in like the 300s, but we lucked out and they ended up surprising us. Like, like we were going to go to our seats and then they were like, you're not sitting here. And they like, person like running the section just gave us tickets in the 100s really but yeah but for tickets in the 300s like i think with tax and everything i paid like 100 bucks 90 or 100 bucks so each yeah and that's 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 not that bad i think that's a lot for the 300s but then again it's tool so i understand radiohead's like the same thing that's what i was i was trying to think of a band that did a big tool yeah even though they've it's been like and same thing, like, it's been years. They've been like, oh, we're, we're coming back, like... That's actually... Okay, now comparing, like, Tool to My Chemical Romance and tickets are more for My Chemical Romance, that's actually insane. Like, Tool, I don't even Tool know Tool how to fathom... took an even bigger hiatus than they did. Right? Like, it's been, like, going on 15 years since 10,000 Days came out. I mean, maybe the demand is really just less, though, because, like... You gotta think maybe some of those some of their fans are just older and like are just well obviously they're older but they don't they're not as eager to go to concerts anymore you know maybe they're just not as into it. It's a lot of dads, a lot of guys who need to budget their money and (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's a great way to put it. Don't really have time to go to a stoner metal concert. Yeah, Um, and then versus MCR where it's like people. Who are like our age, yeah. a little bit younger, maybe a little and older, a yeah. little bit older. Like I'd say between you know, maybe the eighteen to thirty year old ish. Hundred percent. I would say that's. I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah, and like that's a pretty big demographic, and they're they're definitely willing to shell that out for some reason, or ask their parents if they can give them the Probably money. Probably a lot of parents. Probably, honestly, wouldn't be surprised. But the point is, like, I don't know. If I will be able to live out this dream, I am not paying three hundred dollars. I'll pay a hundred. I'll I'll pay a hundred. You know what? I'm probably gonna find my way there. I really? You think so? I'm just gonna manifest it. I'm saying it right here, right now. Right on, right on. I'm going to the Black Parade. It was like but... when uh, when Riot Fest came to town. I can't remember precisely what year it was, but Death from Above, 1979, were playing, and Billy Talent, Bring Me the Horizon few others that escaped me at this time but i was really psyched to see i needed to, i hadn't seen billy talent once yet so i was very very uh i probably paid probably paid about 200 bucks for a one-day pass and i went and saw like i saw bring me the eyes oh i saw rise against that day nice saw saw bring me the horizon rise against billy talent Saw someone on the main stage after. I can't remember. I feel Jared will know. He was there with me. <laughs> was oh, was it? it Black Sunfire? That was the next year. That was the next was year. There. And that was... That might be the scariest concert I've ever been to. <laughs> me too, dude. Oh my god, I almost died. I, almost, I got knocked on my back and probably like two <laughs> or three guys falling on top of me. The great thing about concerts, especially like around here anyway, is that if you fall in the pit, someone's probably going to pick you up. Like 9.9 times out of 10, someone's going to pick you up. And then the other point one, you get a knee in the back of the head or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple 
bad experiences. I think my worst one ever tie was it's a tie. Actually, no. Alexis on fire at Riot Fest is second, and the number one is Cancer Bats at Riot Fest. Then Someone that, hit that, me that same day. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. I was there for Cancer Bats too. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I was in the pit, and yeah, someone like clocked me in the face, and like I fell. I don't remember people being all that generous. Like I like, I don't know. I just remember. I can barely remember just because I was so like. It was scary, mm-hmm. and like in the moment, I was you're panicking. in shock almost. Right, it was a state of shock, and then like I remember whoever I was with, someone just like pulled me out, and I was like, "Whoa, man!" But um, I've definitely been yeah. that guy in the pit before. I think uh, when I saw Animals as Leaders last year, I was definitely the dude in the pit throwing, throwing my arms around and <laughs> being a little bit of a jerk. But that's, were there girls there? No, that's the thing. Like, there there were probably a couple of girls there. But, like, I looked around and I, you know, I wasn't trying to windmill some poor person in the face. Yeah. I probably, you know, maybe I got, maybe, it was a very crowded, crowded venue. Yeah. And Wait, where, was, where was it? It was at uh, the Opera House. I actually, right. I actually threw up from like heat exhaustion. I got, I overheated <laughs> in the pit and I went to the bathroom and yeah. <laughs> was it worth it? Yes. 100% okay. was a great concert. Really good concert. Right on. Yeah. I feel like in the pit, I don't know. I kind of have mixed feelings. Like I kind of take both sides. Like I feel like if you're a girl, just kind of like, Hold like, on. I don't know, like, like you kind of have to expect maybe something is going to happen. Like, you're going to get hit or something because you're going into a pit mm-hmm. with a bunch of really big people, potentially. Just a lot of people. And just a lot. And some people are just crazy mm-hmm. and just pushing and they don't care. So it's like, expect something to happen and don't whine about it. But at the same time, I'm like, men, like, can you just, like, chill a bit if there's, like, a small girl? Exactly. But at the yeah. same time, totally like... that. Yeah, but at the same time, like, <laughs> you can't... That's just not how the world works and, like... You can't just expect. Shit you don't happens. know. You don't know. Who, you're in a pit with strangers. You don't know if these people are thinking right or have their heads screwed on properly. Mm-hmm. Like or they what don't they, care what they've taken that day. Exactly. So like you just never know. So it's kind of just like enter at your own risk. It type is a of thing. very. It is a very enter at your own risk. Yeah. Type of activity. Yeah. I would say. I don't really do it all that much often anymore, and I think it's because I become a lot more of a germaphobe. I just don't really? want... Really? Yeah. Is, that what, is that what has drawn you away from it? Is it like Not only just, like, wanting... Just like, rubbing up against people. Just people's, like, sweat, like, on my body. Like, yeah. like it, especially in the summertime. If I'm wearing, like, a tank top and then I've got Big Joe next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's just, like, dripping sweat and it's going all over me. Bald, and... neck beard, <laughs> 280 pounds. Yeah, and then I've got Sheila next to me, who's also <laughs> disgusting, and her hair is just Sheila? <laughs> <laughs> her hair is just so greasy, and I, yeah, it just kind of grosses me out, but like, I don't know, I kind of like vet it out, like if everyone in there kind of looks okay, but it's not, it's kind of rare that that happens. I don't, I don't, I don't pretend. I don't exactly mosh as hard as I used to anymore either. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that comes for me. It came from just maturing a little bit. The first like really heavy band that I saw live was Bring Me the Horizon, 
and that I was going really hard in the pit, like probably like be, maybe even being a little bit of a jerk. But you know, at the same time, I was like sixteen. Right. Yeah. And now, and you know, that's the the eight. You know, six years. While that's it, it's a long time, but it's really not a long time. But it's a long time to mature from sixteen to twenty-two. Like that's a big. You make a big leap in that yeah. amount of time. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. And it's just, like, I don't know, sometimes I'm, like, I'd rather just, like, enjoy the concert with my friends and, like, 100%. chill and dance with my friends as opposed to let's all get lost and dance run with in, random run people. Run in a circle and <laughs> people. That's, I can't, I've never done the circle or, You've like, never the, done a circle thing. No, it scares me. And then, like, the, so wall of, the wall of, the wall of, the wall of death. The wall of death or I've whatever. done that, yeah, Bring Me the Horizon did that. I just feel like I would actually die, you know, and, like. I was even shorter. Like, was... so I'm five one and a half for reference, but like back in the day, like I was even shorter. So that just like really scared me. But yeah, I think we're going to move on to uh, our final topic. Right Won't be too long, but coronavirus. So, <laughs> <laughs> so coronavirus sweeping across the nation, taking lives left and right. <laughs> Uh, watch out. No, but, um, so the thing with coronavirus, okay, it's relevant to music because, well, Miami's Ultra Music Festival has been canceled specifically because of this. However, um, yeah, so people are now kind of talking about Coachella potentially being canceled. Um, basically something to note here is that you cannot, they say that, like, the only people who are really dying from coronavirus are the people who are already, like, really sick and old and just have, like, a weak immune system. With that said, I definitely don't want to get it, but, mm-hmm. like... It's... They say it's... It's it's super... Conta- it's so contagious, right? And that's why I think it's so dangerous, is that while the symptoms aren't so <laughs> dead... See, I don't even know anything. I don't, I don't know anything about this. Apparently, like, the regular flu kills, like... Like a negligible percentage of people, like 0.1% of people who get it die. And then this news, and then this coronavirus kills like 2% of people that get it. And like, they make a joke on, they made a joke on South Park about the SARS like years ago, which I think is a similar virus. I think, I'm not sure. I can't remember. They, it's mentioned along with SARS, but like they make a joke like, oh, pretty soon only 98% of us are going to be left. (laughs) And right. it's like, yeah, like, you know, the sick and the dying, but the, you know, at the same time, I don't want to get sick and it's a very contagious illness. So it's, eh. I mean, it's like, like you said about the moss, about the mosh pits, it's kind of an enter at your own risk, but I get like, you know, if I'm an artist, I might be on the fence about, about playing like a, like Coachella. How many people go like thousands and thousands of people go to Coachella. Yeah, but I think that's up to the artists. Like, oh, yeah. I feel 100%. like it's not a reason to cancel an event. Oh, essentially, like, yeah, I just feel like it's an enter-at-your-own-risk thing. Like, I would probably not go in a mosh pit at Coachella because... Oh, gosh, no. I yeah. don't think I'm going in any mosh pit anywhere anytime soon. Jared was saying, he's like, oh, if we go, like, I'm definitely need to mosh for Rage Against the Machine. But, yeah, I don't know. That's true. You, that's but, true. okay, it's... coronavirus... But it's Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I mean, like, but you know what? Enter at your own risk. That's your decision. Exactly. That's your decision. You gotta live with them. I mean, I can't tell them what to do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I just feel like it's kind of extra to cancel a whole festival about it. 
However, unless they declare martial law in California or something like that. Yeah. No. Well, according to this is all from Rolling Stone, Aaron Goldstein, who is a Seattle-based partner at the global law firm Dorsey and Whitney, he said, "Events like major music festivals usually carry some kind of insurance, but I can definitely see insurance companies pushing back if a festival canceled." Then the situation got less severe the next week, or it turned out the illness wasn't as dangerous as people thought. Yet there's also a phenomenon phenomenon with decision makers where no one wants to be the one person who underestimated the risk. No one wants to be the person blamed for spreading coronavirus to thousands. So I get that, and I and I get it. Like, imagine Coachella did. Imagine Coachella happened, and then you know X amount of people got sick. That's mm. like news headlines everywhere. But it's Coachella, one of the biggest music festivals in North America. They're not going to have issues selling their tickets next year because of it. So I'm kind of hoping that it doesn't get canceled. I guess when like they reached out to um, Golden Voice for comment about this, who are the organizers of Coachella, they had no comment. Right. Which is interesting because I feel like no com I don't know, no comment can mean that nothing is wrong, or no comment can mean like we're not decided how we feel yet. So, but they're still advertising all of it on like Instagram. So I, I honestly don't know what's gonna happen, but. It would be unfortunate to see that festival get canceled. I think, uh, again, it really comes down to what the organizers want. If it's really worth the risk to them, well, really, it the only risk they have is that they, you know, a bunch of people get sick at their festival. It's not like they're gonna get coronavirus. Yeah, but their name <laughs> but, uh, gets trashed. Then that's true. That's true. Well, it's not like but it's Coachella. But at the same time, it's like—is it really your fault that somebody went to your event and got sick? Right, you it's entry at your event. Yeah, you didn't make them like. Yeah. And like, it, it's not. And if somebody with coronavirus, if somebody like who has coronavirus goes to your event, although like again, like I don't see, I don't, I don't know enough about viruses because apparently like you can like you cannot know you have it but you're carrying it and you're passing it along to people yeah. and stuff like that well listen to this though so according to crowd rx which is an ems a popular ems service that works with major music festivals okay. they said that they're going to be implementing implementing fever screening this involves technicians really? checking out attendees via thermal imaging cameras at the door <laughs> and turning away any concert goers that show a high temperature and other exposure risks for several of its music clients. We're not being secretive about it, said Connor Fitzpatrick, who's the executive director of CrowdRx. Our recommendation is for the festivals to have signage at the door telling people they'll be going through screening. <laughs> I think this is hilarious because think about the people who are going to be doing drugs and their body temperatures are going to oh, be super high. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're just like, even just drink, you're drinking on the bus going there. Like you're, you're, as soon as you finish that Mickey here, your forehead's probably getting a little flush. And... Yeah. I mean, it, I don't That's think, it, true. I don't think the people drinking are going to have how as much you, of a problem. How are you going to do drugs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People better, better start preparing, but or just really hide it well before you get in. Take it when you're in there, right? Well, are they going to be walking around with screening going like... <laughs> no, it's at like, the door. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, there you go. Like, you know, crotch it. <laughs> um, the soundtrack does not condone any <laughs> recreational drug use, by the way. Illicit. Yes. Um, anywho, uh, I, I kind of like this. I think it, it's a bit extra, but... 
that kind of sucks if you get turned away. But but then again, if you have the virus, then you're risking well, if you have a, putting people at risk. If you're so. sick, you're kind of an arsehole going out in public. If you know you're sick, if you know you have the flu, like, good <laughs> golly. Like, even the normal flu is pretty contagious. Like, Yeah, totally. With that said, though, um, the soundtrack is not going to be canceling our event coming up in about less than two weeks now. I believe it's... Um, March 19th. That would be exactly 14 days. Yes. Should it not turn into a huge epidemic, the concert is still on the Horseshoe Tavern. We've got music, art, giveaways from Doc Martens, Cops Records, Tame Impala, and more. So, yeah. Be there or be a four-sided polygon. Exactly. Yes. Tickets are $10. You can get them ahead of time. If you get a ticket ahead of time, you get extra chances at winning some of these amazing prizes. So, yes. Um, James, any final words for this podcast? Stay safe, everybody. Wear those uh, Wear those masks. No, no, no. Don't wear the masks. No, no, no. no. Those are bad. (laughs) Did you know that? I don't know. I don't follow the news. Doctors are saying that, like... Basically, like, you should only wear it if you have the virus. I see. Basically, like, if you're wearing it and then you're touching your face and stuff, you're actually bringing more germs in and then you you can get sick. Well, I wasn't going to wear one anyway, but, you know, (laughs) wash your hands. Don't, uh, don't eat shredded wheat. (laughs) Right. Yes. Well, thank you for being here today. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Um, Hope to see you at our event. Uh... You know, give us a follow. The soundtrack on all channels now. And yeah, talk to you next Tuesday.